a lot of people are like, Caleb, call into the Dave Ramsey show. And I'm like, no, I, I'm sorry. There's there's nothing that I'm going to say that's going to, and you're going to see this. I'm, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but it's not like Dave Ramsey's open and minded here. He's not taking notes. He's like, all right, let me play the tape that I've been talking about from day one. So yeah, what, what happens when you go talk to your wife and say, hey, there's a couple things I want to like correct you on. There's a couple errors that I'm seeing in some of the things. Like that's never a good way to do that, especially if it's front of all of her friends and family. Yeah, you could see Dave's face already <laughs> boiling up, just like hers probably would too. Okay, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> okay. This is Better Well. With Caleb Williams. Dave Ramsey gets into a heated debate with a life insurance agent. We're going to give our reaction video. Wait till the end because we're giving our real synopsis on what we think of whole life versus term. Some of the points that Dave Ramsey made, some of the points that this life insurance agent made. So stay till the end. We're going to be reacting to this. We've been asked by the Better Wealth Nation to do more, more reactionary videos to financial gurus out there. And what I'm learning from Dave is if you speak confidently and if you're definite and you're passionate, people just listen to you. So maybe that's what I should start doing. I think you actually do. You know, when you do a lot of content and here we are today, I think you are always that individual. Um, but when, when it comes to Dave, he's the the man, the myth, the legend in the world of financial space because he speaks definitely, yep. definitely about everything. So when it comes to what we're going to go over today and this heated argument and debate between the two individuals, Dave is actually, you know, pretty spot on in some things, but then pretty far off topics on others. And uh I'll be the first to say, like, you know, we are, you know, the company where we offer the and asset to individuals yep. and we serve people at a high level. And we are going to look at this the best that we can from an unbiased standpoint. But also at the same time, like, I would say we are more educated in the space of, yeah. of life insurance to some degree. Um, but we also believe that there isn't one financial product that best fits for everybody. And so we're going to look at it from what the insurance agent says and also what Dave says and try to have as much unbiasedness as possible, but also have bring some entertainment to it at the same time. What's interesting is, and I'll just say this before we jump into the video, is for a company that sells a lot of life insurance, we are very against the typical way that people sell life insurance. I think for most people, it's it's a horrible thing. Dave Ramsey calls you know, uses life insurance as the cigarettes, or he talks about the payday lender of the middle class. I wouldn't go that far, but there's a lot of people that are taking advantage using products like life insurance. And so Dave Ramsey makes a lot of good points, but overall, without further ado, I guess, we'll, we'll jump in and, and I want to hear from you in the comments. Who do you think won this debate? Do you think uh, the life insurance agents did? Do you think Dave? What points resonated with you? Uh, we're going to be doing more reaction videos. If you have a video that you want me to react to or both Dom and I, please put that in the comments below because we're looking for content. And again, I, I want to start taking on these people that are telling us about how to manage our money and ask the real question, what kind of good points are they making, good or, good or bad? So here we go. Thanks for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. Russ is with us in Salem, Massachusetts. Hey, Russ, welcome to the Dave Ramsey Show. Hello, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. How are you? I am good. Dave, I've posted some things on your website in regard to insurance philosophies you put online. And having been an insurance broker for about 35 years, there are a few misstatements that are on there that I'd like to use the air as a chance to maybe either clarify with you or maybe... Get some clarity from you on. May I do that? Sure. Okay. Uh, number one, you have said on your website that term insurance is the best and the only kind of product people should buy in all instances when they need life insurance. 
And what I can tell you is that we do not recommend life, whole life insurance across the boards. We recommend life insurance situationally. There's no two needs, no two situations that are pervasively similar. So just to start off with this, with what uh, Russ, the insurance agent, is saying is, I agree, and I'm sure you could agree as well, that don't necessarily believe that there's one specific way for every specific person, right? You can argue and say that every single product in the financial space is going to fit every person. Yep. 401k is not going to be right for everybody. Whole life's not going to be right for everybody. Term insurance may not be right for everybody. Everybody's going to be different based off of their goals, their desires, what they're trying to accomplish, where they're at in life, how much money they make. Um, so th- I would agree so far, you know, right now, like it's, he's, he's coming off with a, a good way to present that, even though he started off saying like, Hey, you know, Dave, there's some things that you're doing wrong. First hey Dave, of all. I'm a, I'm a nobody. <laughs> That sells something that you hate, and I'm going to correct you on air in front of your audience. Zero. Are you millions cool with and that? millions of fans. <laughs> I'm like, listen, a lot of people are like, Caleb, call into the Dave Ramsey show. And I'm like, no, I, I'm sorry. There's there's nothing that I'm going to say that's going to, and you're going to see this. I'm not, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but it's not like Dave Ramsey's open and minded here. He's not taking notes. He's like, all right, let me play the tape that I've been talking about from day one. So yeah, what, what happens when you go talk to your wife and say, hey, there's a couple things I want to like correct you on. There's a couple errors that I'm seeing in some of the things. Like that's never a good way to do that, especially if it's front of all of her friends and family. Yeah, you could see Dave's face already <laughs> boiling up, just like hers probably would too. Okay. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> okay. Number two. Yes, go on. The cash value that you've talked about. Is well, I mean, did you not- want me to address <laughs> that one first? It's up to you. Okay. If you'd like to, I'll be happy to do it one at a time. Um. Russ is locked and loaded, well, ready to go. I, you're you're an insurance agent, obviously, and uh, by the way, Dave does this a lot, where he he like belittles people. He's like, "Oh, you sell life insurance, so you must be the scum of the earth," or like, "You do this." So it's just one of those things. So look o- over that. There's there's good points, but just look over anytime someone like the um, speaks down to someone because of what they do. Just just be careful. Well, the other thing is too is when he says that, it's kind of fascinating to me because every single business owner in the world is obviously promoting whatever it is that they offer. So yeah. if somebody comes into the store and says, hey, like, I want this, it's Dave's going to, can't be like, hey, you uh, you sell this, so you're automatically doing what's bad for me. Like, that doesn't necessarily yeah. make sense. Like, well, if it's food, sports, entertainment, like, whatever it is, like, Dave's automatically saying, because this guy sells insurance, he's trying to do the worst thing for the person. You, ironically, Dave, look at this, sign up for term insurance today. Dave pushes a ton of mutual funds. 12% yeah. mutual funds and insurance. But anyways, yeah, so you could, never mind. We'll keep going. Um, the, I disagree when you say there are no two instances that are the same. There are basic principles of mathematics and basic principles of personal finance that are always the same. For instance, I would tell you there is never a time that you would use a credit card. You can't say that there, you can't convince me that there's certain times you should use a credit card. They suck. They're a bad product. They don't mm-hmm. work. And I think okay. the same thing's true of whole life. Mm-hmm. So Dave Ramsey's a big fan of debit cards. Mm-hmm. And he just made a statement. I, just, I really want to lean in on this. He made a statement that there's never a good time to use a credit card. Okay? Now, you, could, you can look at studies and say you spend less if you use cash or whatever. Um, but he's also a big fan of a debit card because he's not that extreme where he's like, just go and use cash for everything because he knows that you wouldn't be able to survive online. So, so Dom, what happens if you use your debit card and you get 
hacked. Yeah, I was literally just going to mention that. Like from even from a protection standpoint, not even just mathematically, the protection standpoint is better to use a credit card. Like it's statistics are out there. You could talk to credit people who are high into that and always mention always use a credit card for everything, especially online. If you use a debit card and get hacked, now you have to go through all these problems, security, financial burdens, things like yeah. that. So we just pointed out one small way and we could do a whole other thing and looking at math, if it makes sense or not, we could dive into that. But this is one instance yeah. where we were proven that it would be better to use a credit card than a debit card. And he's specifically blanket statement. You should never, ever, ever use yeah. a credit card. I also just want to say at this point, if someone says that, respect that. Okay, great, Dave. That's awesome. There's nothing that I'm going to say, Dom's going to say, this guy's going to say that's going to change his mind. So then you're literally just getting into a fighting match and the person that hosts the show will always win. All right. Well, let's take it a little bit further. Number two, you know, this <laughs> let's be move on. Russ doesn't, he's, he's just going all in. Of a life insurance policy <laughs> as being a bad investment. And I won't get into the issue of performance, but I think the big thing that you need to realize is this. The cash value is not there because insurance companies are creating a standard of return or investment that is deemed to be, um, you know, is deemed to be poor or is deemed to be immovable. You know what I'm going to say? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Life insurance is not an investment. This is my biggest beef with anyone that sells life insurance. If you're selling life insurance as an investment, you will lose every single time because anyone that is a good investor could easily point to and say, I can outperform your life insurance product. 100%. So literally, the I wrote a book called The And Asset, and The And Asset is talking about a foundational and an and to that conversation. It's never an investment. Quite frankly, this guy who's been in the business- 35 years. 35 years is calling life insurance as an investment. We're, life insurance is powerful. You're going to see this at the end. Like We're going to talk about this. Both Dom and I own life insurance as a foundational asset. Dom, you've, made, you've had some investments that have grown more than 100%. 100%. <laughs> so it's, it's not like oh you're like living under a rock yeah. no life insurance is not an investment but since since everybody that go has this conversation dave ramsey sees it as as an investment slash an expense and this guy's arguing and you will lose every single time if you talk about life insurance as an investment yeah because cash- you're literally comparing a mutual fund to life insurance at this point if it's like an investment or real estate to life insurance and it's in its own asset class right which um yeah you definitely can yeah then why would you do it? Policy is there. It's a function of law. It involves. So why would you put extra money into a policy to create cash value if the cash value is has no standard of excellence at all on the rate of return? It. Well, That's not true, by the way. But Dave Ramsey's again straw man argument. Yeah. Well, when it comes back to what we just said, though, like he's he's stating that if I can get a higher rate of return somewhere else. Yep into the market or whatever, why would I ever put my money into whole life when it can only give me a specific parade of return? It's yeah. because they're comparing yeah. apples to oranges and right. they both have two different uses and we're right. not wanting to compare the two and, because they're two, two compu- completely separate things. And Russ makes some good points, but it, it's it's no one, it's not highlighted because it's based on an, an argument that he's never going to win on this show. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't let me finish. A co- those policies <laughs> historically get better as they get older, okay? The cash value of a life insurance policy is a function of state law. It's a function of statutory reserves. And also, from an actuarial standpoint, it's used to keep premiums level indefinitely. Why do you think term insurance is so cheap? Because term insurance does not have or maintain a legal reserve affixed to it. 
Well, sure it does. They have to so have they have to have cash reserves to, to, to cash support. The reason why term insurance is so cheap is 99% of the time it will not pay out. Yeah, it's only like 1%, 2% of the time that it ever does pay out. And uh, I mean, Dave, is, if, if you have a, an insurance company, they only sell term insurance. You got to have cash on the books to pay out yeah. the death benefit. So this is this is kind of why we're like, you know, Dave actually has some solid points. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of all over the place within like Russ's arguments that he's coming out of and yeah. uh, probably isn't doing him any justice on the things he's saying. But um there's also some things Dave is also yeah. not being completely accurate as well. I mean, you can make the argument that term insurance is the most expensive insurance out there. You can make that statement because if you don't die, you literally put money flush down the toilet. Now, insurance is shifting risk. It's the right thing to do, but that's essentially, you could make that argument. So here we go. Or otherwise, the state won't license the term insurance company. Now, it's a 20-year level term. 20-year level term insurance is about one-fifth or about one-twentieth the cost, about 5% the cost of the same amount of the, the same amount of whole life is. From an actu- you're right, but from an actuarial point of view, whole life is considered to be a product priced indefinitely that does not have Yeah, but it never price. stays in place indefinitely. That depends upon the person, and that it depends doesn't. upon the situation. The pers- all, the, all the research shows that they cash them out like crazy. Typical life insurance, I don't disagree. Typical life insurance, people cash out because it's not structured well, and people do cash it out, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. And that's if that's the case, I'm all in Dave Ramsey's court by saying, yeah, you are worse off because you went down this route. Easy. Not, not everybody. Yeah, I can tell yeah. This I, this I the vast say. majority do. But let's just pretend you kept it for your whole life. Why the, why the flip did you need it for your whole life? How about some things called estate taxes? There are people who do, when they die, uh, see their family incur a substantial, substantial financial loss. And so in order to cover estate taxes, I need to get ripped off for 60 years in a horrible financial product. That's your theory. Well, let me just say this. You know, if you talk about the the difference of investment, why don't you talk about the difference in, for example, in in attorney's fees? There are attorneys who charge $300. It's, it's interesting because Dave does talk about the difference of an investment, but he never talks about the difference between overfunded life insurance, structured the way that we structure, versus just typical IUL or whole life that doesn't get any cash value for 10 years, like, or a couple of years. It doesn't break even until like year 20. It's like there's massive differences. And uh, unfortunately, Dave Ramsey just lumps it all together. He has to with his audience. He can't, he can't be too sophisticated because it will confuse people. And here's the, here's the problem that I have with with Russ right now is that he's trying to get yeah. too big into the convincing world, right? Oh, he starts horrible. off at the beginning saying, "Hey, not all products are right for every person. We have to figure out their needs, their wants, and move from there." But it sounds like he's saying that every whole life product is great for everybody, and he's he's trying to argue something without even knowing the needs of the other person. So whatever the person that it is, it could be whoever it is that we're discussing. And then he all of a sudden comes and shifts the conversation away from life insurance and now tries yeah. to do something about that Dave said in the past about attorneys and things like that. This is this is kind of the the issue I have with the argument yep. because, you know, Dave is just look like look at his face right now. He's like, dude, what, yeah. are, what are you even saying yeah. right now? And so, yeah. um, I, this, this video isn't about like, hey, what is this guy saying? But the firepower that he's bringing to Dave, it's not, it's not, it's not very effective. And Dave is essentially plummeting him because he's not coming it from the right angle first of all yeah it's dave wins this wins this debate i don't necessarily agree with anything dave talks about but the russ who came to this was not was not talking about the right issues and now i will say this if i gave dave ramsey a call he probably i mean it's not going to go as planned either mm-hmm. and and again calling someone on a show and trying to prove them wrong i mean 
it'd it almost be impossible. I feel like like to to, to sit there and just... part of me, I would ask like Dave, are, are you telling me that there's no circumstances ever that someone would use life insurance as a financial vehicle? If he says or permanent life insurance, if he says no, I'm like okay, why do three thousand eight hundred plus banks in America have their tier one assets in bank owned life insurance? Well, I mean, this, yeah. act, this actually comes I know, up. I know, I'm sorry. I just like, are all these people idiots? Or is there maybe something that they know that we don't? Sorry, let's get, <laughs> I get so fired up about this I stuff. I mean, he literally addresses the same thing. $700 an hour. You don't tell somebody to invest the difference in legal fees to see if they come out ahead, do you? Of course I would if the actual... Uh, if, if the actual legal advice was exactly the same, well, that's if you die, you get paid with term insurance. Your, your beneficiary gets paid. Pretty simple formula. If you die with whole life life insurance, your beneficiary gets paid only the face amount Not after true. you've paid 20 times more I for the policy. That. I can refute that. Very- the, the, big, the biggest difference is, Dom, after your term is up, it's substantially more expensive. And in most cases, people don't pay to continue to pay for term mm-hmm. so yes dave ramsey is correct in this argument if you're if you die in the first 15 20 years whole life or whatever and term insurance will pay out and we will address the face amount a little bit later but the biggest difference is that term insurance will you're not going to continue to pay because it's going to get crazy expensive yeah, and the other thing is too is, is we're not talking about in this conversation is is what did i do in the short term with those dollars to produce greater results externally. Yep. Right. Uh, what am I doing with the cash value in the meantime? Yep. Right. That's not also discussed. And as we design our policies, we design them differently, very apparent differently than yeah. this guy, where we focus on high ca- early cash value early on to where we can borrow against to be able to do yep. higher producing activities with our life to live an intentional life. This is definitely not that conversation at all. This is only focusing on the death benefit and, yep. and, and death benefit and investments. Yeah. <laughs> You can't. If it is a ra- if it is, if a policy is arranged properly, a person can receive not just the face amount of the policy, but in addition, they can receive the value of the cash account. No, they can't. Not unless yes, it's a B. Can. Not unless it's an A B universal, in which case you paid no. more for it to start with. No, you do not. That is not true. That Are you talking about paid up additions? Pardon me. Are you talking about paid up additions? No, no I'm not talking about paid up okay. additions. There is a. Did you ever have something called the fifth dividend option? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. What is it? Well, absolutely. The bottom line is, at the end of the day, uh, the people I don't, know. don't get the. Actually, that's an effective way to to debate Dave. It's like, yeah, I'm sure I've I've heard of it. Then what is it? Dave just pivots on a dime, like, whoa, yeah, you're scamming people. Yeah, the, the, there is something though that Dave did mention that I think it is important to just just state is that in whole life insurance, right? You do have the death benefit and you do have the cash value. If you do die and pass away your beneficiaries are only going to get the death benefit. That's correct. But if we were to look at an actual well-designed and asset, you will see that the death benefit over a period of time grows. And it grows as the policy continues to build up cash value. So the death benefit and cash value essentially become one as another. And it's not stating that um, they, they are separate and I only get the death benefit from you looking at it from a number standpoint, although theoretically you actually are only getting the death benefit. Yeah. And that's actually good because of taxes, because the death benefit gets paid out income tax free. And if you got your cash value, it would look more like an investment. 
So in, in another way to say this is if you start a whole life policy and we overfund it and he's talking about paid up additions and essentially a paid up addition is every time it's, it's a way to increase the cash value, but to keep life insurance tax free, every time we increase the cash value with paid up additions, we're buying permanent life insurance as well. So th essentially this is what happens. Let's say you have a million dollar death benefit and you're saving $10,000 a year. Okay. So if year one, you pass away, let's say you get a million bucks. But as you could start contributing to whole life insurance and it's structured properly, you're building up cash. So you can borrow against, There's a lot, we're not even gonna get into that in this video. But your death benefit is not just gonna stay level at 10, 10 million or 1 million, it's going to increase each year. It's gonna increase because of those paid up additions, number one, to make the whole life insurance policy tax-free, but number two, it has to. So you could say in year five, let's say this person dies and they say, I didn't, I got ripped off because I just got the death benefit and the, um, and I didn't get my cash value, which is true. But the difference is you put in $50,000 of premium over those five years and your death benefit is a whole lot more than a million fifty. Yeah, it grew by more than 50,000, by, by way more. So again, it's one of these things that people all, all the time bring up and it's such a bad argument. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're talking about traditional whole life level, we're talking horribly designed, yes, that's true. You die in year five, you put in $50,000, you probably had very little cash value to begin with, which is horrible, not flexible at all, and your death benefit is level. So that's that's valid. I agree. But it's it's just such a bad argument, and Dave goes, Dave like has a tape in his head, and he just plays it. And it's it's such it's such a bummer, because people just listen to him and say, oh, like, that's horrible, and, and people don't know what's going on. A cash value. You pay 20 times more, and the cash value is not added on. Now, I mean, you can look at every major whole life company that's out there, and you tell me they get their cash values. They don't get them. Russ, it's a piece of crap. Listen, Are you talking about the beneficiary? Listen, here's the situation, dude. I can talk to you and for the rest of my life, and I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to talk you into not There's selling truth whole to life. That, by the way. I'm not even talking about whole life of term. I sell a lot of term bundles of it. But you still sell the other crap too, and you're I offended because I said it's needs. crap. Now let me ask you another question. Yeah, by the way, for your for your information, just I'm not arguing with you, but the cash value. <laughs> you are arguing, I'm buddy, but that's okay. <laughs> The amount of the value on top of the face of the policy can be paid to the beneficiary if the policy is written appropriately. I and know, none, and I none of them are written that way. Well, I've written them that way for thirty-five years. No, it just doesn't happen, dude. It's you and I know that that you system. and I. And here, here's here's the point that I want to make. Dave Ramsey has a very great point here. Majority of people do not do life whole life insurance, universal life insurance, right. Everyone will agree with me on that. People that overfund life insurance will agree with me people that don't it's just it's just one of those things that it's a big issue and that's why we as a company are putting out a lot of content because we have like this moral obligation to share this with the world the right way because the last thing is i want i don't want someone watching this and be like oh dave ramsey's wrong and then gets set up with a horribly designed policy mm -hmm. i know that that is not how the industry is set up well believe me it is the other thing is you said that you know you talk about whole life as being such a horrible product and again maybe in your mind it is but can i ask you this question mm -hmm. why is that particular product that particular product that you think is so deplorable bought by many publicly held companies and privately held companies to fund buyouts uh of corporate stock and there's a lot of buy sell agreements that use whole life and you know why because people like you sell that crap to them no, no. that's exactly why they do it 
Do you know how much? A, buy, how much a, a, a simple partnership buy-sell agreement can be funded with term life insurance for one-twentieth of the cost. Well, let me ask you this. Do you know how many publicly held Fortune 500 companies use whole life and the millions of dollars the boards of directors authorize for that? And it's really sad that they're benefits? all getting screwed at that level. <laughs> Well, it really is because it's garbage, from Russ. You know, from very prestigious business schools, I think they know a little bit more than uh, than a lot than the layperson. Well, they may or they may not. But the bottom line is, is that at the end of the day, dude, this is it is the payday lender of the middle class. There you go. There's it's, a line. It's a horrid product. When you pay 20 times more for the same amount of coverage to build up a cash value that you never receive, because when you die, they pay the face amount. Do you Russ. see the they argument pay. there? Unfortunately, Russ, dude, you lost. You, you got crushed. But it's sad because it, I don't, I mean, what would you do if you were Russ and called in? If, if I was the beginning or what just happened? Because if what just happened, I would maybe quit my... No, I'm just <laughs> I'd just be like, all right, it's time to, it's time to find a new career. <laughs> I mean, if it was me at the beginning, uh, yeah. it's, it's just really hard to have that. Like, yeah. honestly, what I would do is I would pretend that I was a person getting sold whole life insurance. And then yeah. I would come back from the arguments of, hey, this is what my guy said. But then he said this. And then like kind of like position it that way versus him automatically like defending it because yeah. I'm an insurance person. Yeah. I think that's where I would come at it from. Hey, newsflash, number one. If, if you actually do want to learn more about life insurance and how we talk about it and sell it, get the and asset. You can get this on Amazon. You can check out the link below. If you go to betterwealth.com slash book, you can get it. Um, and we just we talk about life insurance not as an investment. I know that's shocker. <laughs> I know that's a shocker to the world. It's not beating any investment. We just show it as a foundational tool that helps everything in your life be more efficient. Why is that? It's because... If structured and utilized properly, life insurance can literally show you, give give your dollar more than one job. It can create your estate. It can create your protection. It can enhance your retirement by sometimes twice as much. Not because life insurance is growing and it's better than your investment because of the qualities of life insurance, the tax-free nature, the volatility buffer. It, it can create abilities to unlock the other retirement assets and help them be more effective. Because what Dave Ramsey talks very little about is the cash flow game. Cash flow is the metric that matters. And quite frankly, does it matter what it is? If I, if I tell you scenario A produces this amount of cash flow and scenario B produces X, Y, and Z. X, Y, and Z are, is better. And so that that's the case. And then we work with a lot of entrepreneurs that never for one bit think whole life insurance is an investment. They, they put it as a place where they're, they get liquidity, they get lifetime growth, and oh, by the way, they get access to capital to reinvest in things like themselves, their business, real estate, and other other assets that produce way more money. They're le learning how to leverage your savings. And oh, by the way, life insurance is one of the only places that you can leverage your savings while it continues to grow tax advantage. And it's, it's you're not taking any unnecessary risk because you're leveraging money that you currently have. And so it's just it's just one of those things that, again, I'm not I don't think this is right for everyone. We turn away a lot of people. Um, if you don't have if you don't have $10,000 a year to put into something, you're probably not going to be able to structure it properly for this to work. We sell a ton of term insurance too because it's the right thing for majority of people. I'm empathetic because Dave Ramsey's talking to people that literally do need to credit up their credit cards because mm -hmm. they have no self-control. And so if that's you, whole life, universal life, variable universal life, Bitcoin, none of those things are going to make you rich because mm -hmm. you have a fundamental spending problem. But I just, yeah, overall, I'm sorry. I'm getting fired up about this. No, I think the, the summary of the entire video is 
Dave Ramsey's conviction for whole life insurance is saying that it's the scum of the earth product, that everybody who sells it is terrible, et cetera. The fact of the matter is, is that whole life insurance, when funded properly, structured right, not the way that this is being designed and talked about, but the way that it should be designed and structured is right for a specific person and not for everybody, right? And there's no blanket black and white answers of this is bad for up for everybody. This is right for everybody. And I just think that when we're coming at from the financial world, we have to have an open mind and Dave is not very open-minded about things. And that's, that's the where we just want to come from is listen to Dave, listen to us, listen to Robert Kiyosaki, listen to Grant Cardone, take all of (laughs) cash is trash, man. Maybe not Grant Cardone. I'm just kidding. Uh, take everybody's opinions and then funnel it into your own. That's how it should be at the end of the day. Right. Um, because everybody's going to have their own point of view and, and that's what makes the world beautiful. Yeah. Better wealth. We're all about helping you live more intentionally by changing the way you think about money. And at the end of the day, newsflash, get really clear on what that is in your life and then design your time, your money and your potential in a way that helps you get that better. If you want to be a better dad, if you want to be a better spouse, if you want to be a better entrepreneur, if you want to give back to your church, design your life in a way that enhances that and make that the metric. That's the biggest mistake that people are making is they're taking someone like Dave Ramsey or someone like me or someone like Robert Kiyosaki and saying, oh, this person that's smarter than me told me how to do this. And so I'm going to live my life based on what they say. It's like, that's, that's not financial freedom. That's not living intentionally. So the, the, the key thing is figure out what you want, work with someone that can help you get there the best and, um, like this video, (laughs) make a comment. And if you want us to do more reactionary videos, whether it's Dave Ramsey or somebody else, let us know because we are really want to up our game because if we if we don't who will and i'm just realizing majority of people do not have a a good articulate argument against some of the things that dave ramsey says we're going to be talking about his credit card theories we we teased that a little bit in this video and talk about his mortgage advice paying off your house and talk about his 12 percent mutual funds and hopefully we can shed some light on some things that may or may not be true based on where you want to go Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.